Welcome back to Block Channel. We're back for episode 65, and we're back this week for another awesome episode, getting to speak to uh, a developer in the space that myself personally, I respect a lot, uh, and I've seen him around the space for past like year and a half as he's grown in uh, notoriety and um, in continuing to bring more, uh, you know, efficient developer tools and insights and uh, basically just keeping a... a his hand on the pulse of like Ethereum developers and their struggles. And then also like uh, having a keen insight into like real world UX and, you know, kind of understanding like where that bridge needs to happen. Where is that like magic aha moment that kind of like really makes crypto stick. So, you know, that's kind of the, the ethos of the show. And also kind of generally the whole purpose of this season too, is to like just get into the mind of people who, are, who have very positive sentiments about where the industry is going. And I couldn't think of a more positive person uh, than Austin, uh, but we'll get back to him in a second. Um, but I am, of course, joined this week by my other two faithful co-hosts, uh, Demetric Ferguson and Dr. Corey Petty um, from the Bitcoin podcast. Uh, hopefully you'll see us up there syndicated uh, soon, actually, um, maybe potentially like after this episode. Uh, glad to be back. I'll back on that channel soon. But Dimitri, uh, Petty, do you guys want to introduce yourself to the audience uh, for the 65th time? Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's uh, D, Dimitri over from the Bitcoin podcast. Good to be back. Uh, rather upset. Um, I spent $60 on Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and it's terrible. So for those of you that needed to know that, now you know. Wop, wop. That's why you don't well, pay for games. $60 for a game? Come on. Dr. Corey Patty yeah, here, man, come on. as always. I'm a big fan of people who build stuff and get it out to the people. And Austin is one of those people, so I always enjoy talking to him. So looking forward to this one. Speaking of enjoying and talking to people, if you enjoy listening to us talk, uh, be sure to follow us on by whatever means that you are currently listening to us. Uh, you know, uh, like and subscribe wherever it is this you know post exists for you, uh, and you know leave some feedback for us uh, so we can continue to grow the network here uh, on our end. Uh, I don't think that's something I ever really ask at the start of the show or the end of the show. But hey, if you're a loyal listener and you've been listening for a while, uh, feel free to you know uh, hang on so that you can get more of our information and more of our shows on a regular basis. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, we're joined this week uh, by Austin Griffith, uh, who, uh, you know, can't really put a name on where it hails from. He's been a lot of different places. He's worked on a lot of really awesome things. Um, but we're going to let him just sort of give us a, a quick, quick backgrounder on kind of how he fell into the space. And then once we more understand keenly on, you know, where he's from, we'll dig into what he's working on. So, Austin, uh, can you please give us some information on who you are? What's up, Stephen? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm an Austin Griffith, a uh, builder in the space. I got into the space probably like a year and a half, two years ago now, building games, like very, very underground, was not talking to anyone, just made these like love projects. Like I love, I, I heard about smart contracts and didn't really get it until I got into it and started really hacking on it. And there's, there's definitely this magic moment I had getting into the space about programmable money and decentralized programmable money in particular. And I got really excited about it. 
I started by just building these games, like these hand painted like worlds and did, did this, did an immense amount of work and then kind of popped up and showed it off to like slash our Ethereum and no one really gave a crap. <laughs> and so then I kind of moved on to uh, like doing something that might be more helpful to the ecosystem and kind of landed on working on meta transactions. And that sort of led me to just really making things more presentable and finding things in a space that are very valuable and focusing on UX and, and trying to do developer tutorials and really just help out people in the space. And then from there, kind of the burner wallet came about. Uh, we, we did a ton of UX studies. We, we basically made this web wallet that lets us send value around quickly and kind of give that same magic moment to a user. And, and then uh, we, we released it at ETH Denver and got a lot of traction there. And then I kind of have done a lot more ecosystem work leading up to like currently uh, my main focus is ETH.build. And it's sort of like this little um, like this little workspace where you can kind of visually drag and drop like a hash function, a key pair. And right now it's just a foundational tool for me to explain like what is a hash function, what is a key pair. And then it leads all the way through, you know, what does a ledger look like? then how do you send a transaction, then what is compiling and then deploying a smart contract and how do you interact with it? But you do it all in a very visual way where I, I'm hoping to be able to take someone from what the heck is Ethereum to holy shit, Ethereum is awesome in like a nice like 30 minute stretch where I can just kind of explain what decentralized programmable money really means in a very visual and, and easy way to understand. So you, nice. so you would say like your kind of just core focus now has just evolved from, okay, uh, I'm a developer. I really love these tools. Okay. This is, there's these really awesome things that you can do with it. Well, I've been tinkering on it and it's like, okay, no bite there. Uh, all right. So burner wallet, let's make it a means so that individuals can like quickly fire up a, uh, you know, a key pair in the browser and be able to like interact and like send tokens and kind of get the novel value of Ethereum that really caught on, you know, as you know, I was a big fan of that at ETH Denver um collecting a lot of uh those uh free money for free food was a lot of fun <laughs> uh, <laughs> um definitely a lot of like swapping around that weekend um but but you know and and now so uh i myself personally before this interview last night uh i, I actually tried out eth build i went through your whole thing i did uh watch all your videos i went through and like sort of recreated like all of your um, different sort of like little creations with the pipes and, and et cetera. And, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, I want to say that was like very well done. Are we going to awesome. see some more of that? Oh yeah. So it's just getting like, I mean like the, the, the first videos, like really the video that even includes transactions is a look ahead. It's not, I, it's going to be a very uh, linear curriculum and it's mm -hmm. just getting started. I would say it's probably like 5% of where it will be when I feel like it's finished. And so there's a long ways to go with it. Okay. Well, that being said, so so formally, like on paper, where where were you working at before, and kind of where where are you functionally at now as one of the you know top developers, you know, getting reoccurring payments on Gitcoin? Uh, you know, uh, are you at a point of are you just a self sovereign developer, kind of just contributing to this like decentralized means, or kind of like where where what would you consider what you're doing now? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh... It's, I serve many masters, I think, and, and kind of the main one is the Ethereum community, but I think that probably what it'll, what will end up happening is my biggest supporter will be the Ethereum Foundation itself. But like you said, the, the community grants, the CLR matching that they did with the Gitcoin grants, it was, there was a point where I was looking as I was transitioning out of consensus, like I might be the first like uh, uh, quadratic funded 
community member ever, right? And, and it's close, right? If I if I had, I mean, if I didn't have two kids and and a house, like I, I wouldn't, I, I could I could survive off the money that I got in this CLR round. So it, there's there's really great funding going on. Can you explain that a little bit for those that understand, oh, like yeah. kind of what all of what you just said just meant in terms of like how yeah, did you yeah, yeah. how did you get funded as uh, as it's an so individual cool. participating to almost no real direct individual, but funded by a lot of different ways, specifically from the community. So I, I think that it, there, there are two like seeds that kind of planted this thing to get it where it is. Uh, one of them is a, a paper from Vitalik and Glenn Weil talking about this thing called quadratic voting. That's a way to use, it, it's basically if you're gonna fund uh, common goods or it, it, it's, it's a way to get around sort of this tragedy of the commons where if you're chipping in and everyone else isn't chipping in, then it doesn't really work. So you use people's chip-ins to sort of signal how to get a higher level of funding. The, the simplest way I explain it is like, if all four of us all put in a dollar, it would be far more powerful than if one of us put in $4. You, it's, that, it's that matching sense. And there's this really cool visual. Uh, I can't really do it now because we don't have the thing, the like screen, but you, you can see in like a, an area of as people post in, they add to the area in both. I, I can't even explain it visually. <laughs> okay, anyways, basically it's like a community uh, signaling where mm -hmm. at, at the point where you were in first place of Gitcoin grants mm -hmm. and you were putting in a dollar of your own money, the the match from the ef was like 190 dollars or something like that so mm. so if you're at the top and you're getting a lot of signaling then a lot of funding is coming in for a little funding so so mm. the signaling has like a, a quadratic uh, effect right so and mm. then the other seed was recurring payments back back when i in my meta transaction days when when uh, i was working with gitcoin we came up with this way of using a meta transaction to basically do recurring funding. So mm -hmm. you sign one transaction and then you, uh, you do one, you sign one meta transaction that says, let this thing, I, I want to pay this person like $7 every month and it'll just replay. And then you can set like some upper bound as like a normal Ethereum transaction. So one meta transaction, one Ethereum transaction. And from then on out, you will continuously pay that person that amount once a month and a relayer handles it and they pay the gas and they're incentivized in some other way. But the, the combination of those two things led to Gitcoin grants. And it's basically the ability for anyone to throw up a grant and say, hey, community, can I get funded through this recurring payment method? And then they added on top of that, that DLR method to do matching community funding. So for all the little people that were putting in, they were signaling where the big money would come in and help out. Got it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And so who are, who are the um, other organizations that are helping with the matching? So it's like Ethereum Foundation, any anyone else notable there that probably deserves a shout out for giving back to the commons? That is a good question. <laughs> uh, uh, let me see if I can find out uh, in a second as I read this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I was um, I was very impressed by kind of like the overall initiative of Gitcoin and uh, what all those fellows over there are working on. You know, I one the the UI and the UX is very beautiful. Whoever is their graphic yeah. designer there is like very kind of sells it. I mean, the idea of like, hey, come here and like give money away. That's a really hard sell to sort of build a model on. So you know, shout out to you know the core team there for kind of like taking that and running. But they seem to have like you know congeal the appropriate pieces to like make it like worthwhile and it's good to see that uh vitalik and other people are sort of you know coming on to see that i am have always been under the 
firm belief that you know just find the developers who are passionate who are building like you and just give them money to just keep building interesting and novel things with every new you know which a tool or you know infrastructure that comes about you know and it's through that like that play um uh, and that sort of like discovery that we we sort of like go through this uh infrastructure discovery phase infrastructure discovery phase where we like test applications see what sticks to the wall see what don't scale and we, we work it and unless someone's doing that uh, and we just have for-profit people, everyone just like kind of just like building what will keep the lights on. You know, we never really get to discover what this technology can do. Right, exactly. And then you apply that not just to our little community, but, you know, to the comments and something a lot bigger than that. And you see that, you know, that this could be, this could this could operate at like a, you know, a government, a higher level that, uh, I mean, the, the same funding mechanism could work in a lot of ways, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, Steven, you touched on something earlier you said positivity and i think the whole space needs a little bit of that right now so <laughs> so so once you drop some on us austin because i i'm thinking that for more ways than one we're at the we're at a bottom maybe a local bottom I, i'm finding that you know money's not moving so fast and now we've gone from a community of devs to anyone can join this community and do anything back to a community of devs so i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> no, that just means we, that just means there's not as much money to give away. <laughs> yeah, give, us, give us some positivity. Well, the, I mean, yeah, the, I think the, the the base piece of it has always been there, right? It's a technology. It's the the thing that you can do with Ethereum that gets me so excited. I I can I have num uh, like numerous videos where I basically just throw on a bow tie and spaz around trying to like show off this cool technology, and it, it just like. I end up getting flustered by how excited I get about how cool it is. And it, it really does come down to the tech. Like the it's 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 so neat that you can basically just like build this vending machine in the sky and people can go interact with it and you can program money and and no one can mess with it. It's like fully decentralized. So to me, that's incredibly powerful. And uh when I when I do something like in, in ETH build. I was sitting in the airport and I did a thing where I compiled the contract and it spit out some bytecode. And previously in an example, I had set up a transaction, but what I did was I basically like unhooked the two box. So there, so the transaction was not going to anyone anymore. And then I hooked up the, the data field, basically the, the, the code that was compiled into the data field of the transaction. And I, I hit another button to fire that transaction off. And what I actually did by doing that is deployed a smart contract. And then I can talk to that smart contract. And just like the, those little like those little aha moments that you have along the way about the technology, like figuring it out, just it gets me sick, man. <laughs> What's the coolest shit you built? Uh, so it's probably all the way back to that game, man. Like, like, so this is a hand painted game where there's like fish and these ships sailing. So there's this really neat concept in the game where if, if you try to do like movement in a normal game, it doesn't work because it's like on, on chain, it has to be deterministic. You always have to ask the contract like where this thing is moving. So what I did was I, it's like a, it's kind of like the age of sail. It's like these, these painted ships and they sail around. <laughs> but what, it, what you do is you send a transaction and it puts the sails up on the ship. And the ship basically sails on its own in at its speed forever until you tell it to stop. And the world's toroidal. So the ship just kind of keeps going around in the world. But there's, there's like these neat effects where you can figure out how to kind of like we're, we're not trying to recreate web two. We're trying to like figure out what's super rad within web three things that you can only do in web three. And I've got a couple other games. They're, they're probably the most fun, but I think the thing that has the most impact is stuff like Meta transactions, the burner wallet, and now build. 
uh, question yes. there, which is definitely like on a lot of people's mind, especially with this somewhat down sentiment, is um, you sit very firmly in between developers and the end user and trying to facilitate like that connection as best as possible so that like the people who are using this technology jump on the ship as fast as possible in a way that makes them feel comfortable and excited and so on and so forth right what's what's the biggest barrier there what have what have you found in your experience trying to build these types of things for the average user that keeps them from saying like oh this is awesome and it's like okay whatever there, I mean, there's a lot of little UX things, like even a key pair. But the question of will a key pair be like this native thing in a lexicon in 10 years, or will the key pair be abstracted away, right? There's a lot of these little pieces that we have to deal with. But I think there's also, even even going back to the fact that we're talking about negative sentiment, like I don't, I don't really see the, like for, for me, it's not a hype cycle sort of thing. Like looking at the price going way up and the price coming back down, like, for me, the, the price is not connected to the awesome technology and the technology is the thing I'm excited about. So I think that there is this barrier where maybe people got a little too stoked on price and speculation. And if you come in and you have like this, this altruistic building with this awesome technology view, there, there really isn't these giant ups and downs. There's really just like lots of people smashing out new products every day. So, so to, to double down on that question, I would say that there are barriers because uh, we do get a lot of people into the space that are speculators that sort of burn out or don't end up getting super rich. And yeah. I think that maybe even that was like one of the reasons I got into the space, right? Like, oh shit, I can program money. Like there's, there's no way I can't make money by programming, right? But then you, you start building games and you fall in love with the tech and then it's not as much about the money anymore it's about you know cre creating something within this ethos of decentralization so if you had to like picture have, have a picture say you know, we're in the future okay. we're, we're massively adopted um everyone's using this technology in your opinion how abstracted away is the technology from the people who are using applications in their mind do they have the same experience that they have now using web 2.0 or they just use applications to make their life more convenient and they have zero idea but how it works and but they somehow like give a, a tremendous amount of trust and responsibility away to other people or have they changed their like in my opinion this technology forces people to change the way they interact with the technology they're using have they done that i i love this question and usually i, I require at least two or three more beers to be able to really get into it. <laughs> <laughs> the the whole feel the whole free idea. to chug or shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> take your time. Take, <laughs> kill two beers real quick. Got time. We'll take a little break. It's I, fine. I finished my little jar of wine. That's all I've got. Oh. I, I got baby oh. duty. So, oh, okay. so I would, I would say that uh, a lot of it is going to be very subtle, right? A lot of this like like low level back end supply chain kind of things. I'll, you talked a lot about trust. Like that same data is instead of being in some warehouse controlled by a centralized entity is now somehow controlled by you what to flow in the way you want. And I think that there are going to be a bunch of new primitives that were not quite, uh, we, we don't even quite know what they look like yet that are around, like, like maybe the key pair is a thing. Like maybe my mom knows what a key pair is and understands that like, if she loses that, she loses the public key. And it's probably not going to be a bunch of money in that key pair, but going to be a lot of signing keys and you're going to have keys on every device and that device will have different access to different things. I, I think that it will be very subtle, but I think that there will be things like email, things things that as a technology comes along, 
become, uh, like I said, like a part of our lexicon and a lot of things that will be abstracted away. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what those things are, but there are definitely lots of hurdles right now in even trying to send a transaction that we need to get a lot better at. Where would you say is the largest need for developers right now? Would you say it's in regards to low level, like cryptographic, like focused, like developers, right? Think like La Lua uh, from Lightning, think like folks like that. Or do you think we are in more of a dire need of the more high level developers, those that are coming in, messing around with like, you know, JS, uh, you know, CSS, HTML, playing around with the web, playing around with like, you know, Web3, JS, et cetera, getting a feel for these technologies and kind of getting a sense of how they work and eventually working their way down to those low level devs. Where do you think we are in this cycle? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think Vitalik has even said that, and he even says it kind of with a chuckle because he has to admit it a little bit, but uh, we're ready for product people. I think we have, uh, we have, I mean, we can always use more low level devs. That always mm -hmm. helps. But I think that we have such a gorgeous technology and the technology is kind of like this iceberg and the tip is mm -hmm. very small and we forget to focus on it. And I think that once we bring in some some really great product people that really know how to deliver something that a user will fall in love with, that can run on top of all this great stuff. I think that's the, the biggest need right now. What are your, some of your uh, favorite Web3, you know, enabled like apps and services right now? What, what, what's, what's in your basket of Austin's go-tos? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, so there's like a lot of fun stuff that's kind of inspiring, like, uh, like the Clover stuff that Billy Rinkham did or uh, like the pool dive stuff where the pool together, that's what it's called. Just really mm -hmm. clever uses of DeFi, and I'm put, putting quotes around that. Really clever where mm -hmm. you're basically, it's like a no-loss lottery and you're locking up funds and you don't lose anything and all of the interest from everyone's locked up funds goes to a random person that wins the lottery, sort of. It's, it's just a clever use of it at this point. There's a lot of really good uses of it. Like, you know, I, I mean, we've been talking about Gitcoin and other things already, right? Like, a lot of uh, uh, the whole decentralized workforce being created behind Gitcoin, but there's there's a ton more. I I use the Burner Wallet every day, and it's probably the only thing I use every day, just because I'm always like moving funds around from little accounts to little accounts and small amounts of funds. And that was something that I needed and and am glad to have. But you know, self shilling isn't uh, isn't what we're here for. <laughs> oh, we can self shill all we want. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you um? I mean, where do you see like uh, the community sort of like changing, diverging, or augmenting as we move towards like ETH 2.0? As these uh, you know these these frameworks and everything become more mature, these tools and utilities become more hardened, and like people have more trust in Ethereum as you know a data availability layer, a root anchor. Um, you know, as it like kind of like shed its infant skin. Like what? outside of just like the need for like products, interesting things like that, what does the Ethereum community need to focus on to make sure that it matures well? Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I feel that, like so that's you're, a tough you're, one. Yeah. You're, in the, you're in the weeds with, you know, kind of like yeah. people who are working in the top, who are people just getting started. If there was somebody who could have a good perspective as to where we need to go, it might be you. Uh, uh, I, I, so... I'm, I'm sure there's a lot better people in this space to answer the question. I, I, I doubt it. I'm more of a builder, right? Like I, I'm a builder mm -hmm. and I kind of flail around and just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. 
And I do mm-hmm. think that we need we need a lot of those people, but also some some very calculated people working on that, uh, you know, the E2.0 stuff. And then the usability is going to be a big hurdle once we once we do shift it to, to E2.0. And I've, I've got to worry now about all the things that I already worry about, but then I have to worry about something called yanking and I have to worry about sharding and all sorts of interesting things that are just going to make the UX even more complicated for us. And we need to make sure that guys that are getting in space, getting excited, building cool things, kind of having and tooling around, you know, tackling those, those new challenges also. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be so difficult. Like I, that's, that, that somewhat worries me now um, based on what you just said is, is <laughs> the developer experience is going to get, really, really complicated if we want to make the user experience very easy. It's it's just another layer of complication there. Like there's already, it's already very complicated. Do you think uh, we'll get to the point where like, we're, uh, we're, we're going to specialize? So like you're gonna, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a one sure. chain developer or I'm a cross chain developer. I facilitate the layer where, you know, something communicates across multiple shards. And then the, that, that has some type of abstracted framework that allows people to just build something. And not care about that stuff. Yeah, that's what I hope for. Is that there are these frameworks that sort of help take care of that kind of stuff. You you can basically focus on building the app and making something great. That's what. So when I when I finished building those games and before meta transactions, there was sort of this period where I was just building tooling because when I would use tooling in the space, it was just complicated and weird, and there were there were just things that didn't feel right. I didn't understand what was going on, and so when I focused on the tooling. I focused on giving the developer who was using the tools an experience of I hit go and I have an app and I can focus on putting the buttons and putting the functions in the smart contract and kind of iterating back and forth with that very like visceral, I hit the button and it calls the smart contract, not deploy the whole smart contract, get it audited and then pay someone else to build the UI, right? You sort of build those things <laughs> kind of in parallel. Yeah. And I think that I, I was focusing on an application being, uh, you know, you start with a scaffolding of an application right away and you can start building it right away. And I think that even even as we add new layers of complexity, we will have these frameworks to help us with that kind of stuff. That being said, uh, what, uh, what company do you think in this space is doing the most uh, outside of yourself? Uh, for developers um, in, in regards to like infrastructure and tooling? Like who who could you like give your hats off to or a figurative golden bow tie award of sorts? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that needs to be a thing right now. <laughs> Every Friday, I give a That's golden a thing. bow tie. That's a thing. That is dope. Who would get the golden bow tie? Okay, so uh, my golden bow tie for the week goes to uh i think i already mentioned him twice this is like a man crush thing but it'd be billy and sunny from cosmos they built mm-hmm. sheet coin mm-hmm. uh they built sheet coin at eth waterloo which was almost like an answer to trolls uh, on on twitter but it's it's basically google sheet it's like a side chain backed by google sheets like <laughs> they called it sheet coin they they like brought in some like troll commentary on how like Ethereum is could should could just be done with Google Sheets. It was so good. It was clever. It was powerful. It, it's like a you know a commentary on the tech. So so that kind of clever stuff. That's not particularly like someone building tools for people. But I think yeah. that's that that's bore back to the the cheesy saying I have developer inspirations. Right? There's developer relations, but also developer inspirations. And I think that that was a home run for developer inspirations. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Golden that's, Boat that's, Tide. That's been my favorite thing is like going to uh, all those ETH Global events. Is like you know seeing seeing folks make things that are also just like you know funny and comical, but also show like you know intriguing means of like to use the technology in very like complex oh. ways. Yeah, definitely. So, like ETH Global gets a hats off too. So I didn't mean to even interrupt you. That. Oh man, like so going to ETH Waterloo, judging some of this mm -hmm. stuff, seeing there's this there's this whole demographic of people that. Is, they're they're local to the place they show up they know a little bit about web3 or ethereum but they learn it on the spot and they build a full dap and they build this whole website that's sending transactions around or they do something completely clever they may not get on the main stage but like these guys it, it's it's so exciting to see those guys uh build and and they're they're basically powered by this this small eth global family there's like six of these these uh these folks putting stuff together, putting these conferences together, and they bring, I mean, people come out of the woodwork to participate and build really awesome stuff. So a second, a second golden bow tie to the ETH global team. Yeah, <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> yeah I can't say enough about oh. any of the, you know, like the ETH, like the ETH global events I've been to. They've all been wonderful. Yep. Yeah, I meet, meet a lot of good people. My favorite is definitely um, ETH Denver. It's just my favorite place to go to in like February. And just the venue is just so large and beautiful and it's always so well done. So I try and try, I've been there ever since it started. I plan on going back again this next year too. I'm going to go this year. Yeah. I didn't go. I've never been. I'm going to that one. Oh man, you're going to love it, man. You've you've been to Denver before, yeah? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's a great place. You're, are, are you out there in uh, Colorado? Awesome. I'm just I'm just north of Denver, about an hour in Fort Collins, so it's a quick drive for me. That means I can haul monitors and all sorts of weird stuff when I come to East Denver because I'm local and I, I really love participating in East Denver. What would you say about the Ethereum community out there in Denver? Is it present? Is it fleeting? Depending on if conferences are going on, or is it steady? Uh, so I'm I'm far enough from Denver that I'm detached that I don't know if I can totally comment on it. It seems like there's a, a pretty vibrant Ethereum community within Denver. Uh, mm -hmm. For me up here in Fort Collins, there isn't really like there now and then I'll go and grab coffee with someone, but uh, we don't. I think there used to be a meetup like you know, po like top of the hype cycle people were meeting, but that was mm -hmm. not not the type of builder that that I'm having coffee with. Mm -hmm. so uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty isolated up here but you know i'm i got two kids throwing up on me so it's uh it's a, <laughs> i'd rather just stay home <laughs> yeah, yeah we always hear so so many good things about kind of the boulder denver colorado area yep. especially yep. over here from like san francisco so you know I, I'm, I'm happy to see that area continue to grow and um i mean i I, I meant to ask you this too, Petty, but I guess I'll ask you now while we're on the show because it's relevant. Uh, is how has the crypto community changed much in DC? Is it has it uh, slowed down since the you know the bull run stuff and everything, or is it still steady? Um, my experience is that it's slowed down quite a bit. I mean, I'd say the majority of the people um, in the crypto community of DC are, are are looking to play with regulation and lobby and try and like facilitate in governmental side of what crypto does and mm. that's relatively stable that stays there because um, those types of things are still important and the people who are around this area still care about that stuff and so if you're into crypto you're going to kind of have that cross-section that like that wasn't as attached to the bull run as most other things uh that being mm. said like the like general excitement you know meetups everywhere for no apparent reason 
people trying to get me to you know go to things and figure out what to buy that that's that's all gone it's mostly mm-hmm. um the people that i stay in contact with are doing real work and kind of nose to the grindstone for the most part whenever i talk to people and also i'm somewhat of a homebody like i spend most of my time in my basement north of dc <laughs> so Hot. Yeah, this, that, that, I'm on the same page. That's what I'm saying. I stay home until I get drug out to all these yeah. cool events in it's like, you know, Berlin and Paris. <laughs> like my my I guess my my finger on the pulse is how many offers I get that I decline. <laughs> Not necessarily like me going places and talking to people. <laughs> but That's even what... even like even with like the governance stuff, there's so much going on with like DAOs and the liberal radicalism stuff and the quadratic voting. Like we're 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 in a kind of a new age of like what smart contracts can do with legal frameworks. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not on the smart side of that. There's a lot of really great papers on it, but I'm just building stuff. But I think that, I mean, that that's applicable in this, yeah, in this it scenario. It definitely is. And it's, I think it's, it's not, it hasn't met the threshold of uh, legitimacy sure. for people to yep. latch onto it here, but they're watching it. I'm definitely watching right. it and I want it to be part of the thing. So we need a few kind of um, observables for people to say, this is what works based on this case study, let's try it on a bigger scale. Um, and then, and then you're going to start seeing jurisdictions kind of do that or LLCs start to, um, adopt it into how they do governance of what are, how the, how the like shares of an LLC work, something like that. Yep. That's exciting. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, we go through these phases where there is like a one major use case for crypto that gets people really hype. And like, historically it's been the ones that make people the most money the fastest when they otherwise shouldn't have. Um, and and whether that's like early mining or whether that's like kind of like tokens and etc and so the interesting thing is every time we have one of these new use cases we have like a flood flood of people come in and then some some of these use cases are like sticky and like you know kind of like folks still continue to trickle in but when the money ones go dry um that's when kind of like the general buzz goes down again and so like i'm always trying to look at like what will people rally around next that is sustain sustainable but still provides them an incentive to join the space and yeah. so it's just like, so one of the interesting things that I've seen recently, obviously, is, you know, then the proliferation of like Moloch, like DAO forks. And what's cool about that is like, as more of those like get like funding, it's more people getting into the space with still the profit incentive of getting crypto, but earning it for, for work. And then otherwise, like using that to like speculate or to give themselves exposure into the space. And when if just like we have like token sales and why those like, you know, proliferated uh, very, very quickly. Um, you know, if we can have that same thing happen to like DAOs and et cetera, and we can get them funded, the same thing can, you know, uh, can be said about, you know, developers and stuff like Austin, where we can sustainably continue to onboard people in uh, and get that trickle to be like, kind of like, you know, uh, a real, like a real, like, you know, fire hose of uh, kind of like new talent. And um, so, you know, when we're getting there and then, you know, more, the more game like things and toys, that Austin creates um, because that's his, <laughs> that's his job now is to get us full adoption, and I'm absolutely 100 percent dependent on Austin getting us. There. <laughs> yeah, but think about think about that though, right? Like, there's this uh, like what you just described, and what and what Austin's been trying to do is is a much more sustainable way to get people into the space because they're they're being exposed to this technology by earning it or mm-hmm. playing something and passively getting it. Right? They're not just like. If we're not, we're not creating a new generation of investors who think about how to move their money, which is important, but that's not the majority of what we're trying to do. People get this by putting in work and we're creating frameworks in which we can just 
like make better decisions as a group of people on where we put money for work, right? That's what a, basically what a DAO is. How does a group of people decide where to put money? And I love and that. It's that, it's so good. Like I feel like I get an education every time I come on uh, one of you guys' podcasts. Like last time we were talking about UX primitives too, and it was like a whole new thing that I hadn't even thought of. Like helping me think of the stuff that I'm working on in a new way, and and it it's awesome. I that's great. You're giving like me goosebumps that, over here. That's not that awesome Ooh. though. Like Ooh. like this is a, like yeah. in my opinion, if this is successful, we're doing a much better sustainable job of getting people into the space, and that conversion rate of like hype cycle to people who stay when the hype cycle is gone, it's going to be much higher. And it's not bullshit. We're not selling bullshit, right? We're, we're actually yeah, like, that's, exactly. what, that's always the fun part is like, I have something really cool to show you. I'm not shilling you. Like, I'm not trying to like persuade you to like come to the dark side or something. Like, I just want to show you something cool. And I think that you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, that was a great quote right there. That good. That last, that last like five, six sentences. That was, that was excellent. <laughs> I don't have lucky, to you'll show you. I just, I just, I just want to show you something really fucking cool. Check out this fucking yeah. magic. Trick. <laughs> exactly. And it feels like magic sometimes too. I love that. My son's three and I've been doing like the, the, the thumb pull away. You know how like you make it look like your thumb is this thumb, yep. you pull it. Oh, it's so fun for him right now. <laughs> what, what, what? Uh, and so that being said, speaking of babies, what what sort of advice would you give to the baby developers in the space um, oh, that yeah, are nice, you know, kind of like up, nice that are jobs, like, like, Steven. Hey man, thanks. <laughs> just making, Transition just of the kids. year. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, I, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so the thing that I told a lot of so so there was definitely this group of people, kind of like I mentioned earlier, that uh, were. Uh, they were younger, I think. They were determined. They were proficient. They were able to pick up Web3 stuff and just smash out a product. Uh, one thing that I did wrong when I got into the space is I, I, I think I went right, I, I went like full bore on the first product. I said, this is the thing that the community needs. And I worked forever on it underground. And then finally, when I came up, you know, no one cared. And I think that had I, had I have iterated on that, you know, like pop into, to, to any of these dev channels, whether it's Red Air, Crypto Twitter, or Discord, or wherever, and you know, just on Ethereum.org, there's a ton of resources. If if you just get in and you kind of get into the community and and you just sort of iterate, uh, kind of out in the open, just say, I think I have this idea. I want to try this thing. Throw stuff at the wall. See what sticks. Don't get married to a specific project. Be okay with throwing things away and rebuilding. Just, just do a lot of like in the open iteration. And I think that as a community, as an open source community that, that sort of values that in a lot of ways, it, it's way more powerful when you, when you do things open than when you like stay closed until a moment and say, okay, you're welcome. I just open source this. And you don't really evangelize it in the right way. You, you really have to just kind of be part of the community and get it into the community and, and, and just, just build cool stuff and, and everything else will follow. Excellent advice. Definitely excellent advice. Yeah, couldn't agree more on that one. Build cool stuff, see who uses it, iterate on it. Yep. Well, uh, that being said, I hope to see a lot more of that cool, fun stuff iteration coming from you. I I'll continue to play around and suggest uh, Bill to everyone else. And, you know, like I said, I, I went through all the videos and it was a lot of fun. I particularly enjoy your enthusiasm. Um, as you get giddy when things like work that's and, right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's, that's really awesome. So, you know, if, if hopefully your, uh, enthusiasm is uh, contagious.
It's actually um, like a problem in my talks. When I go to talk, I'll, I'll start like, I'll get like 30% of the way through the talk and just be so excited about what I'm talking about. It's like, no one's listening to me. Like, this isn't making sense. I got to <laughs> slow down, take a breath. I'm, I'm working on it though. I'll be trying to be more mature with my speaking. No, it's all, it's all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, though, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for, you know, being able to pop in and, you know, educate us and, and, and to bring some, you know, positivity uh, in your, you know, special dose of Austin Griffith evangelism uh, to the show. And, you know, and, and, and when you build some more cool stuff in the future, yeah, come on back and let us know, you know, uh, what's new and uh, what, what else we should get excited about. Heck yeah. And I mean, any developers can reach out to me. I'm just at Austin Griffith basically everywhere. And I'm happy to help anyone who needs any help with anything. And uh, let's let's get a beer in Denver for Eat Denver too. How's that sound? Yeah, buddy. Hey man, definitely. For sure. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Me, you, and Patty. Let's do that. Hopefully we can get Dimitri to come too. Yeah, we'll get Dimitri. Uh, all right. I'll, 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 all right, I'll, sure. I'll, well, the podcast will pay for it. He'll go. Okay. Oh, for sure. Then. All right. Well, it's settled. <laughs> all right, First guys, round well, is on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, well, well, thanks for coming on and uh, we'll have you back on soon. Uh, that's great. Thank you so much for having me. Who's feeling-